So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody. To this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection, I am Rico Shields, and just here to my left, we have Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm good. How are uh, you? I'm good. <laughs> good, really. This is good. We're we're both faring better than uh, tonight's originally scheduled guest, uh, Kim Keaton. She's uh, you know, burning the candle at both ends, overachieving light worker. Wouldn't know anything about that. I, I, I know you wouldn't, but uh, <laughs> she's found a little virus, and it started with just a sore throat. But then the next morning, she felt pretty crummy, so she thought she better say something before. And and I thought to myself, well, if she's got the little sore throat that you got. She's she's in for it, you know. She's she's screwed. Yeah. She's screwed. Let's be honest. She's and, completely uh, screwed. Um, yeah, no, I was thinking that when you mentioned the whole sore throat thing, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I hope I know I haven't met the woman, so you know I can't possibly have given it to her. <laughs> but <laughs> things do shift but, when people are coming on the show. But we've never given anybody a disease over Skype. That I'm aware of. Yeah, you know, so I'm 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 kind of hoping that it's not the same bug, but I don't, you know, I don't know where she lives, and I don't know if this particular bug is just going around or, or it's just that time of year, you know. I mean, it's that time of year. I've heard a lot of people talking about it, so it could be happening. Ah, see, it's 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 a traveling bug. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those, or we could it's just <laughs> all be having a recalibration of our immune system this particular virus is a bit of a horror actually it gets ah, around yes oh. the promiscuous virus yes yes we get those going around sometimes ah. yes so, I, so I, I thought we could chat about current events and all kinds of things and facebook's doing its thing again i posted like four things five things to my wall right before the show and they're still not showing on my wall. But people are commenting on them, so they're apparently showing up somewhere. I I don't know how that works. I don't know how Facebook does that. It's, <laughs> okay, so you can't see it, but everybody else can? Apparently, yeah. But when I look at my timeline, it's like the thing I posted this morning. I shared a picture from Elohim eight hours ago. But I ago. saw your post. On Facebook. 
So I know it, you were sharing the show. It doesn't. It doesn't say that I shared the show. It doesn't. It's. This is a post from eight hours ago. Is the most recent thing on my wall. And I. I, I you know, and I've told you. I've told you that's happened to me before, and you were like, "Ah, it's just. I don't know. You're right. just not or looking something. in the right place." Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, it's Tell finally. Me. That, that particular virus has finally gotten around to me now, so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, oh, crap. it's all going around. But the Changemakers page came up, and there's been a lot of good stuff there as well. So, uh, it's always good stuff. To, it's just been lots of. And some of the news, of course, is, people will say is drastic. But, you know. Stuck energy starts to move. It Sometimes it just starts to move. It may not move in the way that it's going to end up going. Uh, but when it's been stuck, it's just got to move. It's got to start moving. So uh, Eventually, yes. Yes, it does. There's been some of that. In Mexico and the Gulf of Alaska, the earth has been moving pretty sharply in the past, like, two or three days. So... More earthquakes? Yeah, more earthquakes. Hmm. And both of these were initially talked about as being like six miles deep, and and that can be a real mess, a, a six-and-a-half, seven-richter-scale earthquake six, six miles down. And, um, and then they looked at their data again and decided it happened like, 39 miles deep and everybody felt it but nobody got hurt and I think it was Rhea uh, from Greece that commented on my line that said yes because Mama Guy is being real gentle and I was like oh yeah pretty much because you know certain predictions were made about how gentle or non-gentle the times around the turn of the millennia would be. And some not so gentle. But I really um, think... You it's, know. It's, it's, I can't decide really if it's any worse than any other time because, I mean, the only thing really that's different now, I think, is that we have this ability for mass communication. Right. So... So you know, natural disasters are a much bigger deal, if only because, you know, well, we used people to not, know about them. An earthquake and tsunami in Japan, we used to not hear about until it had already been over with for, like, days. So they'd already pretty much finalized all of their death counts and things, and... and um, and you're right. Now we hear about it in about 30 seconds. Yeah, it's much more Twitter. personal when you know that you've got, um, you know, an acquaintance or even a friend on the other side of the world who's going through this thing. Um, and you know about it as soon as it happens. I mean, we, we don't rely on the news anymore to keep us updated. We tend to do that ourselves it seems, and we do it on a very personal level. So I would think it's not that the amount of these experiences has grown any. I think it's simply that 
our awareness of them has sharpened and, and our perception expanded. of them has shifted. And expanded, you know. Yeah. Awareness expands. And and everybody thinks that that's just going to be some kind of cerebral experience of divine knowing appearing in your brain. But it's more awareness of your body and and more awareness of your body's processes and more awareness of news and more awareness of what's going on in the world and more awareness yeah, I think, I think means awareness more awareness. Of global, <laughs> awareness of global events is is a big one. I mean that's that's a huge shift right there in and of itself in the way that we socially interact and the way that we um that we get involved with things that happen on the other side of the ocean. You know, I mean, it it really, truly matters now. Yeah. That. Well, I mean, this thing in Japan happened. I know people, I know people that went there in response to it. Nurses and, two nurses I know, nurse friends of mine. They got on a plane and went to Japan. That wouldn't have happened before. It would have been too late by the time they heard about it. Right. And um, so, very interesting, very interesting. And um, lots of lots of little headlines lately. Almost all good stuff. Like I said, there's been a few things, and we can talk about what's not right, but I'd rather talk about what's going right, I think. Well, I, I saw something odd on TV the other day. Oh? Yes, that's right. Odd. I've been watching TV. And there was something um, odd about the television? That's hard to believe. <laughs> Yes, there was. It was a commercial, um, and I I still don't know. I can't remember who the group is that you know paid for. The, it's a not for profit group that put on the commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was all about focusing on not focusing on us versus them. Hmm. And it was all about we. I yeah, I was just like, I mean, here this commercial comes on in between two big corporate commercials, and this commercial comes on, and the first line of it is thinking that it's us versus them is. You know, it's it's destroying our our lives our basically. And yeah. I was just like I was just like, Wow. Yeah. You know? Wow. It was really well put together. Yeah. It was just yeah, shocking. There's, there's been it um at prime time during a major show. There's been stuff going on that Surprises even me, and I'm harder to surprise than some. But um, uh, just odd things happening everywhere. Odd, good, lots. Um, I know a lot of the green energy folks are mad that natural gas has tanked price-wise because it's cut into some wind projects and some things. But it has also caused a recent 
uh, study. They do this like uh, every couple of years, uh, profitability study. And 353 coal-powered plants and coal-fired power plants make natural gas plants look like wind installation. 353 of them across 31 states should be considered for closing because they will no longer be profitable. It costs more to make the electricity than they can sell it for. And it doesn't matter whether the business owners are in favor of climate, CO2, or don't care. When it comes to money, they usually respond. And so... It's in it, 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 it. The industry itself has this report that they generated that says, you know, these are not going to be worth keeping open, and uh, so we should consider closing them. That's uh, 353 coal fire, fired power plants in a sweep. Wow. That's a, a historic opportunity. It absolutely is. And and. I, I, I have to point out that that's not the accomplishment of a bunch of protest groups. That's the result, seems to me, of allowing nature to take its course and seeing the need or the benefits of something naturally run out. Yeah, pretty much. And... Uh... Then over there in Italy, you know, things are things are bad in Italy. All you got to do is look at the news. Things are bad over there, right? Um, well, I, now this is the the headline: gigantic Italian oil refiner switches to green diesel. Just not going to wow. make not going to make diesel out of oil anymore. They're just going to make biodiesel. Wow. Yeah. That's a big shift. And uh, and our friends up at British Petroleum, you know, that everybody's so angry about because they destroyed the Gulf of Mexico, are funding this new process at uh, Lawrence Berkeley National Labs. And now this is this headline. BP funds a new biofuel process that turns old swords into plowshares. You know that caught my attention. And uh, it's actually a, a quite old technique for making explosives. But it can be redeployed, recalibrated just a little bit, Um to make biofuel and has been uh, funded by BP. And right here in the article, it's in parentheses, yes, that BP. Um, But, uh, yeah, cordite. Well, you got to think, I mean, the the big complaint was that, you know, they, they, they did this thing and they, the destruction was, I mean, absolutely unbelievable. And the, the cleanup efforts were laughable at one point. And, you know, there was 
so much anger around that, but um, the, the big anger, which really shocked me, um, and I think the topic that was discussed the most was how the fines that BP would have to pay were so unfair given, you know, if you actually take them in percentage to their profit margin, compare them to what their actual profits are, that the fines and, and stuff that they had to pay were pretty much pocket change. Um, but I something tells me that no matter how far up a person's head might be, <laughs> who is in charge of a company like that, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, there has to be some kind of defining moment where there's realization that this cannot go on, not just for the sake of the environment, because obviously that's not always enough, but for the sake of my personal pocketbook as a CEO, this cannot go on. Um, you know, with that much public outcry and that much damage done, not just environmentally, not just, you know, the tragic deaths of the people involved, um, the illnesses that were caused, I, I, the list goes on and on and on. But you got to think he's up there in his little golden office drinking champagne thinking to himself, I might not be doing this next year if we don't get our shit together. Because well, and the public has had enough. So these uh, these big executives. But one thing people forget, and and I'm familiar with, because my father was an executive. He was a, a bit of a different kind of executive than they have these days, or than some of them were then too. I'm sure there's some great ones that they have these days, but um, these executives have grandchildren, and you've seen these little kids that are running around today, they look at the adults in their lives and they go, why are they killing people? And why is that truck smell? And, you know, well, why did well, they do it? That? Wasn't it, it was Obama's daughters that brought him to the realization that gay and lesbians are just people who happen to love other people? Uh-huh. And so, and, and, and there's something about it and, and everyone that's a parent, and certainly everyone that's a grandparent, will understand what I'm talking about. There's something about it when it's the innocent eyes of your grandchild on your knee, looking up into your eyes for guidance because you are the big one, as to why did they do that? That doesn't make sense. It sometimes can can cut right through some static and baggage, and, and, and you go, you know what? It doesn't really, does it? And... Um, so yeah, there's some there's some interesting things going on. And and it, Cryon said several years ago, and he said again earlier this year that some of the biggest jumps in 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 clean energy were going to come from the corporations who could profit least from it. And uh, you just watch. Well, he, I mean, he actually laughed. He actually laughed in channel, and he doesn't do that. Let's put it this way. Either they, either they jump on board the ship or they, they you know, well, they hopefully go down they the might other. know how to swim. 
but they're, you know, chances are they're going to drown because yeah. storms coming, kids, and that's the end of it. You know, but it's time for it to change, and everybody knows that it's time for it to change. And I don't think it's a matter of them just digging in their heels and being unwilling to change it ever. I think they were just like a, a kid going to the dentist. You know, they're they're going to tug on mom's arm and go, no, 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 as long as they can possibly get away with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. though they know inevitably they're going to be sitting in that bloody chair and somebody's going to be sticking something in their mouth that they don't want. They're still going to fight it. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it, it kind of almost boils down to human nature. These guys... Of all the people on the planet, are terrified of change. Terrified. And certainly around that one subject, because everyone in their lives, it seems, derives their living from it not changing. You know, so what are we going to do? But again, you get those. Those big blue eyes or big brown eyes or big black eyes of those grandchildren looking up into yours and and but why? And you realize you don't have an answer. That doesn't sound stupid when it comes out of your mouth. Because when no, you I speak mention, to I mean, innocence like that, have... you know, baloney smells like baloney. And they 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 put a lot of store in the family name. Um, they're. Legacy is not always just in their pocketbook. It's in their bloodline. Yeah. And it has been for eons. The higher up you are in the aristocracy, the more important it is for you to maintain your bloodline. And no man on this planet is going to willingly hand over a destroyed planet to his grandchildren. No. If he can do something about it. Yeah. And and I think that that's what it boils down to. Is that it's, it's not, again, I don't think it's, I think it's just I'm waiting to see if this is actually a legitimate, if it's legitimately worth taking on the cost and the challenges switching their companies over to more sustainable methods of fuel and energy, you know, if you're in that kind of position with such a massive workforce that you're responsible for at the end of the day, I mean, that's a huge responsibility. You can't just shift the company over without being absolutely freaking positive that this is not just a trend. Yeah. You know, it has to be shit. And you can't shift it over to the first technology that comes out. I mean, there's a ton of research involved. And you have to make sure that if you're going to shift your company in that direction, that you're going to put your resources into technology that's going to work and it's going to be long lasting and it's going to be effective you can't just you know oh that looks like a great idea let's try that yeah unless you want your company to crash 
completely. Or, you know, you and, know for the board of directors to toss you out on your ear and then you haven't changed anything and you've lost your job. And, and so you're not responsible for your yacht and your freaking mansion. You're responsible for the food on the tables of every single employee that works for that company. That's right. If the company goes under, then they can't feed themselves. Regardless of whether or not the job that they are doing is necessarily beneficial to the environment, let's face it, that job is what allows us to have plastic. It allows us to have computers. What allows us to have this conversation with my plastic. It's what allows me to drive to work. It's what allows me to drive to the grocery store to get the food that I need to feed my family. Oh yeah, there's there's plenty of you know good about it, and there's plenty of things that have been seemingly technically insurmountable problems that just keep getting surmounted. Like it used to be monthly; it's happening weekly now. Um, some of the kids up at MIT. <clears throat> Um, together with some professors, uh, one of the big sticking points and one of the reasons that uh, Edison's DC didn't win out and Tesla's AC got strung around the planet, uh, which is not such a good thing, alternating current, in my opinion, but was because there there was no... Uh, you'd have to have really, really high voltage with DC to keep from the lines being so huge, and um, and nobody could make a high voltage DC circuit breaker, so they had to, you know, they eventually got to where they could make it with big computerized equipment, but then it was so expensive that you, it wasn't affordable. And and so anyway, the kids up at MIT, together with their profs in the lab, have made it a high voltage DC breaker. So now we can have a a power grid that has renewable energy going into it because all the renewable energy is DC. It's none of it's AC. It's generally all DC, particularly all the solar and all of that. It's it's DC. You, wind generators can turn out AC, but I think that people need to. I, I think that people need to be aware of those um, those hurdles. I mean, they're certainly not. They're not things that we can't fix. Well, that's that's. Um, they're not that, things that we can't overcome, but they are they are hurdles that need to be. And somebody addressed. out there has got the the jumping shoes for each one of those hurdles. They just got to hear Absolutely. about it. And cause sometimes you don't get triggered the answer in your head, even though it's been there for eons, until the question gets asked. And um, you know that's why. It is the exasperating thing to me has been when the argument finally devolved to the point of, well, you're a bunch of money hungry oil grubbing, you know what's, and from the other side was you're a bunch of environmental drug taking kooks. Well, you can't fix any of that. Those no, are opinions. Now you, you can't shut down the conversation. Yeah, those are opinions, and you've gone into anger, and it's over. There will be no more intelligence happening in that room. And you know, and I'm not. I'm not going to say that I haven't been in that space. You know, I'm. I've spent my time being pretty pissed at them, but I can't, in a, with a clear conscience, sit here and completely 
devalue and put down or, you know, denounce these companies because these companies, regardless of the fact that, you know, yes, now we're in a, in a position where we need to start looking for sustainable fuel, these companies have gotten us collectively to this stage in our evolution. And there has to be a certain level of gratitude for that. I mean, if you're listening to the show, you've got something on your ears or you're close to something that has plastic in it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, my father needs a heart valve replacement. And uh, he's 86. So a lot of people would say, well, you know. But there's there's children of five that get heart valve replacements. And they're all made with nylon and plastic and stainless steel. So, so I think it boils down to, at the end of the day, that, you know, if, if you see a company's willingness to actually put the time and the effort into the research and to start shifting their methodology into something that's more sustainable, then good. Support them. Um, congratulate them. Be grateful for that. And But do so with the understanding that these things do not happen overnight. We're talking about a massive revolution in the way that the world functions. And the only way for it to happen overnight would be for there to be a sudden cataclysmic collapse, and we'd all be without oil. Just ask the folks up in New Jersey and New York City. And and nobody wants that. So I think it's time that, you know, it's well past time, in fact, that people stop focusing all this negative energy around these companies and being angry at them for their failings and start focusing on all the incredibly innovative technology that has been birthed in the last year. This year has been just an incredible year as far as innovation goes. Absolutely stunning some of the stuff that's coming out. I mean, look at those kids in Africa converting urine into energy and into potable water at the same time. Okay, so now you've got you've got energy and drinkable water. Yeah. Which in drought drought ridden country is pretty damn good answer to me. Yeah. It's in a bottle, it's water and a light to see. Yeah. It's well not, that's okay. Well it's not like they can just drink their own urine well, sort of. If you make electricity out of it first, they can. Uh, well, it's the water comes from the process of making the electricity. Yeah. And they're 15 years old, these girls that, that created this device. And um, we've got uh, this uh, Dutch designer, Lucas Jaeger, Jaeger, probably Jaeger. Uh, Jaeger, my... Yeah. Very deadly he, uh, drink. He wanted to try to figure out if we couldn't do something about this clean water business. People need clean water to drink. These kids are going blind and dying from diseases that if they just had a clean glass of water, they wouldn't catch. Um, 
And, you know, I know they don't have electricity. They don't, they don't, well, you know, Mother Nature's been filtering water forever. Before we started turning them into navigation canals, rivers all fanned out into deltas before they went into the ocean. And that, that big delta area and all those swamps, that's Mother Nature's water purifier. It'll take anything that we've ever been able to pollute water with and absorb that's it and why get rid of it. Stink so much. Huh? <laughs> you ever been in a swamp? They stink. That's oh. why they stink. That's why they so stink. Much. It's there's critters from the microscopic on up that are eating and digesting and otherwise handling the waste that we've thrown at them. And so he looked at that and he was like, "Well, there's got to be there's got to be something." And um, so, well, there's clay. Clay is porous, but we'd have to have different size pores. And we, oh, <clears throat> saw somebody making straw bricks, and the stuff all swirled around in his head. And if you mix sawdust of different sizes, just run it through screens so you separate the sawdust into sizes. Um, if you mix that in with the clay, then when you fire the clay, the sawdust goes away because of the high temperature. It burns off. So you get right. all these little holes in the clay of different sizes based on which size sawdust you put in the clay. And so then you put stacked like three clay bowls together, and they're of differing densities, just like the densities of the organic materials as you pass through the swamps and the grasslands and the... And uh, you pour water in the top, and distilled water comes out the bottom. It's just a stack of bowls on a wood on wood legs. You put in dirty, nasty river water. People going in the bathroom in it upstream. Distilled water comes out the bottom. No electricity. Wow. No sun. No gas. No. No nothing. Clay bowl, a clay dish. <laughs> got to have a clay dish, and well, several of them. You got to stack a few of them together. But um, but there's an interesting thing. There was a video, and then we'll take a break and play some music, give everybody a rest. Um, that Abraham, that Esther and Abraham posted. Um, it's entitled "Obliterating Problems Is My Job." And it's a military fellow who had not heard ever of Abraham until about an hour before the seminar. He sits down in the chair. First thing he says is, I didn't want to come here today. I didn't plan to come here today. My friend invited me here today, so I paid for us to come. And I found out what was going on, and I almost didn't come, but I came anyway. In fact, I was quite surprised to see a woman standing on stage for, and laughed about that. But anyway, they went on through their interchange, and it is. It's a particularly grand interchange with somebody that's never, ever heard Abraham before. And one of my friends, uh, well, China Brooks' mom, Julie, down in the uh, Cook Islands, um, commented when she saw it that, um, well, first, that it put her in tears. 
and she wasn't sure if it was just because it was such a poignant interaction between, you know, a, a guy being one, willing to be so open and so vulnerable. But um, it was more than just watching this individual come to a grounding experience, which has to represent a huge shift in his understanding. It was like it represented somehow more than just him standing there, but an entire segment of the population seeing things in a new way. And and I think she's right. It's it. I think the realizations are literally coming in waves now. The the uh, I have to see if I can't find a video and put it on the archive for tonight's show. If I archive tonight's show. Um, and uh, of a demonstration of a of a nuclear chain reaction, it's you put a bunch of rat traps with two ping pong balls each on them in a big box or a you know something that's got glass walls coming up around the outside so you can see in. Anyway, you throw one ping pong ball in there. So when you do, it hits a trap and two balls fly up in the air and then they come down and they hit two traps so four balls go in the air so it's it starts off pretty slow and then it just it just and and i really think that that's what's happening as as more and more people sort of you don't have to know where you're going you just have to wake up and start answering the asking the questions and people around you start asking they go yeah that's a good question and because it's an energetic thing too they don't have to talk to each other even and and um and I think it's just really kind of starting to roll in waves now. And, and uh, Because listening to this fella, it was, you know, Abraham says right in the middle of it, this is going to be really fun to talk to you about because you're going to get it really fast. And Because he starts off, you know, well, da 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 is happening because I've been launching rockets and in my vortex this. And, it, and then finally he says, I'm just using these terms because I've heard you use them today. And Abraham says, and, and you've been using them accurately, which is very rare for somebody that's that new to the material, and um, and he says, "Well, thank you." And they go, "No, no, no. We're just we're incredible teachers. We're complimenting ourselves." <laughs> Everybody laughs, and then they go, "No, no. The compliment is yours, sir." And uh, and it is because it's just the guy got it, and and it's obvious. He, I thought he was going to tear up in the chair, and he's a soldier, and you know. The only thing he would say about what he does for the army is, or the military, he didn't even say army, is that obliterating problems is his job. And from looking at his physique, he could easily be in special forces. Of course, you know, lots of really fit fellows in all kinds of branches of the military. But but do you not think of all the people on the planet that the military people would probably be some of the first... You know, well, I'm not going to say all of them, but they would be some of the first people to celebrate this whole idea of peace. If they actually believed for even a split second that they were not needed to defend anybody, I am convinced that they would be ecstatic. Yes, well, and, and Abraham made a point. They said, you know, this is also going to be easy for you to come into alignment with because... You want there to be justice. You want children to have food to eat. You, you know, and, and rattled off this list of stuff, you know, that it's true. You know, talk to a few soldiers. That's what they think they're doing. And 
And they figure out after a while that you just can't push against something hard enough to make it go away. And then they And it nearly destroys them. Yeah. And and um and this guy fortunately has found he's wanted a family and he's found a family and and but he's afraid that he's pushing her away and blah 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 and and and, and but by the end of the this brief little chat that they had uh 8 minutes and 45 seconds and because uh, you see him sit down and you see him get up uh you can see he got it you know and uh um and sometimes you know somebody just woke up you give them a minute to wipe the sleep out of their eyes they haven't heard all the misunderstandings they just they go oh yeah i i get that you know so it does it goes faster it just goes faster uh, well, I think I think it really just at the end of the day boils down to, you know, ninety nine percent of the planet are having these thoughts and ideas, anyways. Perhaps it's been a long time in coming that there was enough of them speaking it out loud and acting on it that the rest of the planet would feel comfortable expressing their internal view of things. Yeah. Um, But once you know that it's safe to do that, once you know that you're not alone in questioning what's going on, then that changes things. And so it is going to speed up exponentially because the more people are talking about it, the more people are doing something about it, then that's even more people who realize that it's safe and okay and socially acceptable to do that. And that's where we are at right now. We're at that cusp where people are discovering that it's 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 not only socially acceptable, it's celebrated in many social circles now, this idea of caring and compassion and understanding and and environmental awareness and and sustainable living, it's becoming more than popular. It's becoming, for many, a way of life. So I think that you're right. It's going to speed up exponentially, and it's so much fun to watch. Oh, it is, because, you know, you start thinking about, and this is what happens when you start getting progressive thinkers, like workers, whatever you want to, labels or not labels or whatever, coming together globally and getting in these networks and this, you know. It took 7 million man hours to build the Empire State Building. You get a million people thinking about stuff an hour a day, you can do that in a week. Or if you get a million people to spend eight hours in one day, you can do it in a day. And exceed it, because that would be 8 million man hours. So... It is. There's this massive collaboration that pseudo-unity provides. You know? It's amazing. Indeed. Amazing stuff. Okay, so we should take a break. Play some music for these people. Okay. Before everybody, you know, tunes out. Man, they're just just griping again. I ain't griping again over there. We're not griping. We're I'm at least I'm not. I'm talking about the incredible. This is just a 
What a no, ride. I don't have any complaints. I don't because it's I. For me, I see it every day. I, I see it, even in the big social media. I see evidence that things are changing at such a rapid pace that I don't even. Sometimes my mind can't grasp it. You know, my heart feels it, and it swells up, and I, I feel this great sense of. I'm not going to call it relief because I knew all along that human beings were awesome, but this sense of pride almost in humanity, it's like, yeah, I'm part of that team. Um, that look, look what we're doing now. And I think that people need to just appreciate that, appreciate how much, how far we've come, like really how far we've come, even in just the last year globally and um and just you know swim in that energy for a while and and see how that makes you feel and keep your eyes open whenever you're watching tv or or even when you meet a new person or reading the paper or listening to the radio um keep your eyes and your ears open for those little mini miracles and those shifts and you'll see them they're all over the place you can't miss them now it's not even like looking for a needle in a haystack like it used to be. You know, I mean, now it's just yeah. a needle in a haystack is the guys that aren't doing the, you know, things that are things that are beneficial. The the hay, it's it's become the hay are the people that are making change on the planet. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing stuff. We be so, having a heyday. A heyday. So we'll have a hoedown at the hay barn. Oh. Um, so let's have the age of Aquarius because talk about ages changing and change of the ages. What are our plans for twelve twenty one twelve? We have a show on the twentieth. So, we'll, the night of the twentieth, we'll be right here on the radio. And on the 21st, I will be celebrating um, New Age Eve with um, with my family. This is not New Year's Eve. It's New Age Eve. Yeah, so or be New Age Day. Because no, I'm calling well, it Solstice Eve show on the 20th. Yeah. So we're going to... Yeah. Well, New Age Eve is the twentieth, so we'll be we'll be doing that, and then twenty first, I'll just be probably recovering, like I do every New Year's Day, except for it's a bigger than New Year's. Yeah, much it's a big, bigger, much big, bigger. big new one. And uh, but yeah, on the twentieth, the evening of the twentieth, uh, Stacy and the Profs will be here. So, play. <laughs> We're celebrating New Age Day with Stacy. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got them back online and electricity and stuff fast enough that we could do it. So that's cool. <laughs> and I will note that, like, her first post was, we've got electricity and Internet back. And her second post was, okay, New Jersey fams, we've got lots of blankets, lots of food. Da, 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 da. What do you need? After being without electricity for, you know, eight days. Her second post was, okay, folks. What can I do to help? Yeah, yeah. That's our Stacy. 
All right, so here's uh, Jolene with uh, Aquarius, and we'll be back in about four minutes. Stay with us, folks. Everybody has a story, a moment in their life that was a turning point that set them upon a path of self-discovery and adventure. Here at Everyday Connection, we value the sharing of those moments, recognizing them to be the inspiring and uplifting gifts that they truly are. We would like to show our appreciation, not just to our guests and sponsors, but to our listeners and supporters who make it possible for us to share those stories. If you would like to support the continued success of Everyday Connection, share your own story, or know somebody whose story can touch the hearts of others, drop by everydayconnection.me and find out how you can become a part of our ever-expanding EC family.
okay. topic. Cheery Mismas? Oh, <laughs> no, that's Miri. Oh, okay. Uh, working on a custom piece right now. Excellent. I have seen some really cool stuff come out of Jason's little camera of his pieces. Yeah, you should explain to, to the listeners what the hell you're talking about, eh? Because you're just commenting on random stuff coming up in the chat room, and, and the listeners are like, what is he ah, on well, about? That's good. At least they're, we got them, ask, got them asking questions. Um, no, we asked if there were any questions or anything in the chat room, and um, and Jason suggested we get on a cheery topic. And I thought I was on a cheery topic. And uh, and then said, well, maybe he'll call in, but he's working on a custom piece right now. So uh, that would be Jason Anderson of Celestial Wands, who makes some really cool wands and jewelry pieces and just really cool stuff. Uh, well, I mean, we could go on just chatting about headlines, but... Uh, we could. You got any new ones? Well, yeah, there, there's new ones in there, I'm sure. Um, I was watching last night uh, Veronica Torres, uh, Channel and Elohim, weekly meeting, uh, at least for the time being. They're free on uh, live stream. And um, so everybody can watch. And anyway, they were, they got to the point where they mentioned that they were surprised. They, they thought, you know, not that your higher self and your soul's wisdom is above you, but that, you know, crown chakra, so Ensouling the human body would be something that happened from the crown chakra down. But they were surprised to discover that it's not. It happens from the first chakra up. That's why they spent so long on the survival instinct. That's the first chakra. And now that they're sort of getting on up there, it's going a little easier and a little faster. And I thought, they're surprised by that. Well, that's, that's... and it don't. I'm not one of these that you know non-physical beings are, could never be surprised by anything. <clears throat> uh, non-physical beings can be surprised by German chocolate cake. Um, <laughs> but we have this picture thing that's been getting bandied around for oh, I don't know thousands of years. Uh, it's this stick with these two snakes. You know what I'm talking about? I do. They stick them up on hospitals. And and that's not really the symbol for medicine. The, the symbol for medicine was the rod of Asclepius, which only has one snake going around. But um, Yes, but that particular symbol is so ancient. The two snakes is more the supposed to be the symbol of business. And so they say that's why it's on hospitals. Well, whatever about that. But how about those, you know, and even if, you know, it's the two snakes going up, the two coils, and everybody's like, oh, well, that maybe symbolizes DNA, or maybe that's... Look, what if, and I'm not, you know, I don't want to let any cats out of any bags or anything, and so, you know, if 
if you if you don't agree or it's too much too soon or whatever else, just you know. Uh, I don't know. There's four minutes left. <laughs> show over there. You can go over there for four minutes and come back. <coughs> but um, so okay. Or do us a favor. Call in and tell us we're off a rocker. Yeah, and we'll talk about it. And we'll talk it's about fun. it. But that so your soul's insight and wisdom in this is, would would have to be energy or something like that. And roundabouts here in this physical thing, they have this wave thing they do, right? It's waves, right? Usually. So let's just... That's how energy moves. Pretend it's a radio signal, you know, coming down from above you. Um, And, okay, so that wave... Uh Uh-oh. Who did I lose? Nikki or Blog Talk? I lost Nick. I lost Jane. Jane? Yeah, I'm here, and I said, yeah, usually that's how energy moves, and then all of a sudden you it went away. Moving. It stopped moving for a <laughs> um, And so now this radio wave, this energy wave is coming down from seventh chakra. It's going down, gets down all the way Oh, let's say to the center of the earth. You know, when people talk about grounding, they, you should see energy flowing from you down to the center of the earth and bouncing around and then coming back up through you. Well, so you take that energy wave, that radio wave, it comes down, and you, being the tuning fork that you were designed to be, you resonate with it and harmonize with it or not, but your job is to harmonize with it, right? Synchronize with it. To, well, to put the tuning fork that you are, the wave begins then at your base and goes back up. Two snakes around a stick. Or DNA, or water sometimes mm-hmm. going down the window. I don't know how many pictures, you know, it was one of those, you know, Humans are, I don't got it. What do you want us to draw you a picture? Okay, two snakes around a stick. Um, <laughs> and draw your picture doesn't always work so good either because it's more like charades. Can't really draw pictures, stuff like that. Uh, even the scientists argue over They don't know if it's a wave or a particle, and so they test it, and it's both. And they, oh, damn. And um, then they decided it it made up its mind what to be based on what they were looking for. And now they've run another test that says maybe that's not so. They don't know what they're looking at. We don't have the right measuring equipment. They don't have any, there's no place in any of their equations for consciousness. So they're never going to be able to unify the fields because that's the only unifying thing is the consciousness. But to get simplistic and say it's an energy flow, it's an energy, it's a communication flow, like a radio signal then wouldn't it look like a wave, which would look like one snake going back and forth around the stick, and it seems to get smaller as it gets down towards the bottom because it's denser down there, so it you can't wiggle things as far. But then, because of resonance, because of harmony, um, because of alignment, it that little tickle at the bottom becomes, you know, I don't remember anybody ever talking about Kundalini coming down. There's always Kundalini rising, right? 
Yes. Yes. And what's Kundalini? It's a snake. And it coils back and forth, going up your spine and your chakras. Okay. Yes. So put your souls inside in there. Where's it? It came from the... Oh, oh, and it's like a snake coiling back and forth across your spine and your chakras. And you got a picture of DNA. you got a picture of, well, so many things. The double helix spiral. You know, I mean, it's interesting to note that while we're while we're mentioning that that um it, it was the staff that was carried by Hermes correct messenger who of the just gods. happened to be the uh messenger of the gods right caduceus and that's why that was about messages and messengers and then somehow hint hint business and um yeah one snake on the rod of Asclepius, which was actually the thing that the original healing guys used. And if if you think about it, if they had any clue what the staff of Hermes, what the caduceus symbolized, the only thing that gets out of tune is the physical body. So you only have to rebalance one of the snakes because the one is in balance. Already comes that way by the time it gets down here. But I don't know anything about these ancient symbols and all that stuff. I don't know nothing about any of that. But I'm telling you, <laughs> if you if, but it makes sense to you. Well, if you if you I, I know a lot about these ancient symbols, but if you if you put it to a modern person. And and I said, okay, and held my finger up and said, okay, this is your spine. And they said, okay. And so now a, a, an energy signal, a radio signal, a communication signal is coming down from above. And it's a wave, right? That They would see the picture in their mind. You've, you've all seen it. We've all seen it in science class when we were like in sixth grade, except they turned the line sideways. And they showed you how if there was one wave and and and... And, and then if you had another one that was off by 180 degrees, they'd collapse each other. And But if they weren't, they would magnify each other. And, you know, if they weren't off by 180 degrees, if they were in harmony, if they were in, if they were in a matching vibration, they would amplify each other. And, and indeed they do. We, that's how those sound-eliminating headphone thingies work. They have a microphone on the outside of them that listens to the noise around you, and it reproduces it 180 degrees off, and you hear silence, even around a jackhammer. And, you know, so I'm getting a little too far into physics and science now, but but if you did a, told a modern person a signal and it's coming down here, it, it's a wave, right? That's the picture they would see is one of the snakes, and the only thing is, well, why are they? Why does it get smaller at the bottom? Because even on the on, on the rod of Asclepius with one, it gets smaller at the bottom. Well, if you just assume that things are denser the farther down you go, I still don't like up and down, but you know, new density you could say is down, whatever. I don't know. But that's well, we can argue important. about up and down and good and bad or all that stuff and labels and yada, yada, yada. But the point is we're in a physical reality and therefore there has to be an up and a down. Yeah. 
And so I actually don't understand why we're arguing the point because it doesn't make sense for us to say, well, we should be an up and down because I'm looking up and I'm pretty sure there's a ceiling up there. They're dead ancestors and everything else. They look up at the sky. So it's just, it's up and down because that's the label we put on it. They don't, it isn't up and down. There is no up and down. It's because this weight, this doesn't actually, it's a three-dimensional thing. It doesn't just come from above you. You're actually almost more in a grid. Like, there's the up and down, front and back, and the left and right, and it's going in all those directions. But in order for us to process it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And particularly... As a physical being, having a physical experience, which I, again, have to say, if I didn't want to be a physical being having a physical experience, I wouldn't be sitting here on the radio having this conversation with you, I would be being a non-physical being, having a non-physical experience somewhere. Right. Um, So, and if you're listening to this and you also have chosen to be a physical being, having a physical experience. Now, in order for your physical mind to grasp the concepts, you must have some kind of way to differentiate between the and it, opposite. If you were trying to, here. if you were trying to explain that the vibration, you know, came through the air, and it it it, it starts to act on that tuning fork, and it gets down there to that piece in the bottom that connects the two sides of the fork, and that's when it comes back up and it makes the tuning fork shake. And you were trying to draw a picture of that for a little kid, you might draw a stick with two snakes. If they had not ever seen a radio wave or anything else, but they had all seen sticks and snakes, that might be the picture you drew for them to try to remember what you just said to them. Might not work, but might be the picture you drew. Just maybe. I mean, hypothetically. Hypothetically. But, you know, that's just theory. Yeah, we're just radio hosts. Uh, what do we know? <clears throat> Nothing. I don't know nothing. Nothing. Uh, I about all that. And nothing. and that's the cool part. You don't really have to know anything about all of that. It's a full body experience. Your soul's insights is a full body experience. Just put it that way. Doesn't happen in your head. Doesn't happen just in your heart either. But it is fun sometimes to explore the the symbolism that you see every day. Oh, yeah. And to, you know, go back to the roots of where that came from. Or should I say go back to the roots of where we know as of this moment that it came from? I'm sure that in time, our awareness of its original source will shift and change and alter as it always does. Um, But it's fun. It's fun to go back and go, huh. So that's why we... That? It's yeah. like watching one of these movies about the apocalypse, the apocalyptic future, and there's these savages, practically, living as hunter-gatherers, but they're living inside the shells of a big city. And there's an old man somewhere that tells the story of the day that the world went wrong, and... And you listen to them tell it, and it's all screwed up. You know it's not the way it really was. It's all simplistic, and they're drawing weird pictures on the wall. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's that old game. Pass it around the room and back. 
Just pass it around three, four people. That's enough usually to screw up a story pretty good. Absolutely. Not to mention a few millennia. <laughs> well, we are we are good at we are good at screwing up stories, so <laughs> Yeah, well it's it, no we well, screwed that one. Why didn't they just give it to us written in stone so it couldn't be eroded away? Where is well, this thing that can't be eroded away? Except your soul's insight from your soul directly. What else is there? You say, well, they could have put it on a CD. Yeah, they only last about 100 years. And, wrong answer. And that assumes that 100 years from now, somebody's going to know what a CD player is. It's a good thing they didn't put the secrets of the universe on an eight-track tape. <clears throat> well, if they had, you could call my love's grandfather and ask him to borrow his machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I used to have several, what? but, you know, they've all gone the way of the... But, yes. The Walkman. With the way that the world advances and with the way that things change, um, it seems naive to me for anybody to assume that you could put any kind of message anywhere and expect that it would stay. I mean, unless you're going to carve them into the rock um, or laser of, of the land, with... into the actual land and, you know... Into carbon um, neutronium, which lasts trillions of years. But, it, you know... Even even the uh, even the are they the Aztec lines are starting oh. to disappear. Yeah, the Inca lines, I think. I mean, like the Inca, line. Inca lines are the Inca in Peru. It's on the oh, what is that place called? Because that's what they call them is the name of the plane that they're on. Yeah, the Nazca line. Nazca, see. Mm-hmm. Aztec Nazca. I had a close. Yeah, closer than Inca. <laughs> <laughs> Except but, that Nazca yeah, ends even in though an A. Right. Well, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Labels again. The point is, is even they're starting to disappear. Not disappear, disappear, but they're definitely starting to fade. Yeah. Um, so and there, there's, there's something that you would think that would, would never go away. I mean, let's look at, at some of the monuments in Egypt that have disappeared and reappeared yeah. over hundreds of years because of the shifts in the sands. So and Some one people talking about burying them again to try to preserve them because they've done some time calculation type rate of decay, blah, 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 and the pyramids are going to be gone in another, I don't know, there's 500 years or something. And, uh, so, so if something is as massive and as majestic as a pyramid could be destroyed by literally by the sands of time, um, then ha- how could we possibly even fathom the concept of of any type of written truth lasting or recorded truth lasting? For thousands of years, for future generations, and why would we want it to? This is my this is my thing 
that I I still can't. She would think surely in a generation or two they're going to get this. Well, it's just that uh, you know whatever worked two thousand years ago is certainly not going to work in a you know modern day society. And you can call society two thousand years from now a modern day society because in those times it will be a modern day society. Um, so you know it it doesn't make sense that well, and, and universe truths the ones that they should record are are things that you naturally know anyways right and and it's why there's always been a few at least that that see and go aha and then they go run around and tell people and then they get burned at the stake or hung up on a cross or Otherwise, you know, don't be calling attention to Dropped how in a stupid I am. Trapped in a volcano. They did that for a while, too. But I remember uh, when I was a kid, I was big science geek. Still am kind of a big science geek. I like science. It does lots of wonderful things. And um, But they had gotten together this big think tank to try to figure out what to do with not our everyday grade A nuclear waste, but the like military grade nuclear waste. That because you know some uranium, you know, a few hundred years, you probably go wandering around there and you'll be all right. But some of this artificial stuff we make to make bombs with and stuff, it stays radioactive for like you know seven hundred eighty thousand years. Well, so they. Being the kind of semi-smart people that scientists often are, they were like, "What the hell do we? What do we do? What what kind of sign do we hang up? Somebody's going to understand a hundred thousand years from now." And so they were all trying to figure out what would you, you know, because obviously that funny purple and yellow circle with the funny radiation symbol—that's out. Well, the skull and crossbones seems to me to be an, an obvious answer. Yeah, but, you know, what if it's a bunch of goths in the future? They'll be like, dude, go in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so did they come up with an answer? No, that's exactly it. They... Everything that anyone came up with, and lots of just different architects and designers and graphics, and they didn't really have anybody called graphics designers back then. They were advertising people. But a uh, lot of creative minds came up with a lot of ideas, and other creative minds were able to misunderstand it today and not have to wait 100,000 years, much less 700. And so that, best as I can tell, it just got shelved as, oh, well, <laughs> it's one of those things. <laughs> We just label it the best we know how today, but, you know, yeah, you go by and they got fences and they got metal signs on them that say, you know, government installation, don't come in here. Well, they wouldn't have understood that a thousand years ago, much less, you know, really. So that's... And you know the fences ain't going to be there. Scientists of the 70s and uh, deciding this is not an answerable question, we will make a... Uh, you know, symbolism and stuff as durable as we can for the foreseeable future, and then we'll just have to see to it that we continue to update it. 
wouldn't you think if there was any brains going on in the ancient world that they would have a similar thought? Seems. I don't know. I would think. You know, somebody you know, said, I mean, what if they, what if they argue- pick this book up in 2,000 years from now and try to live by it? And they would have all sat around the table and laughed and said, that's ridiculous. Nobody would be that stupid. <clears throat> I mean, uh, silly. not stu- Did I say stupid? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Now, here, here's the thing. I mean, now, now there are cultures that have gotten around that, um, you know, back to those wise indigenous peoples who do not record anything, but rather they pass the information down verbally from generation to generation um, so that it's never lost. And less about trying to say the exact identical words like making the young shaman trainee, you might make him memorize some stuff when he first gets there, but you don't let him tell the story till you know he understands the story. So that that way, 20, 30, 40 years after you're dead and he's having to tell some bunch of kids, if he knows the kids' lingo, he can tell them. Well, yeah, because he's not supposed to tell the story in your words. He's supposed to tell the, the story... In the truth of the story, right? For the feel of the story and the energetic of the story, and um, well, is it has Esther, nothing to do with the words you use because words change. Yeah, Esther used to say that it was difficult for her to have a chat with Abraham still, and so when she wanted to ask Abraham a question, what she did was discuss the question with Jerry until she was sure Jerry understood the question. She didn't say, I would write the question down for Jerry, or I would get Jerry to parrot back my words. She would chat with him about what it was she wanted to understand until he understood what she wanted to understand. Then she would go get Abraham and let Jerry talk to Abraham. And it's always been that way. She's never explained it any other way. Hey, Bill. Welcome. And uh, and it well, just it seems is. To me, the only sense on how to actually teach something is not to. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, particularly when you figure that you know, of course, it, it's arrogance on our part to think that nobody ever has lived longer than we live today. Although that's what they teach you in science class is that we live longer all the time, and you know. 2,000 years ago, people only lived to be like 15. Well, if you follow that, then what? 5,000 years ago, people only lived to be five? What? That just doesn't even pass muster, people. Unless you think in terms of cycles. And then you have to come to the realization that there have been civilizations before us that have lived... To to three hundred to four hundred years, and that mankind will again eventually get there. Not because we're brilliant and we've overcome all the challenges that we have to face, but simply because it is part of evolution. It's part of the journey. And even really, today's medical scientists and bio, particularly biologists will tell you that there's no really basic reason 
they can't find the reason why. I mean, they can find, yeah, your telomeres got shorter and you got arthritis, and you get but they can't find why. It since your whole body replaces like every atom every seven years. Why does it start messing up the copies? And everything they've found that everything they can find is symptoms. They can't find out why. So well, can it there's go, no can it can it come down to as simple an explanation as you believe? No, that's not that you have to grow old. No, that's not scientific. <laughs> that's what they say. Anyway. Well, I'm just. You can't what, take that. Is, the scientific thing is, is you can't is, you can't take that in a lab and and make it repeatable. You can. you can absolutely you can absolutely test this. You could raise a child to believe that their body regenerates completely every seven years. Yeah. And never expose them to old age. And never allow them to learn the concept of old age. Yeah, probably wouldn't happen. Would happen. But that'd be pretty insulated because, you know, at least the exterior reality that we spy upon today—the animals get older. The everything seems to do that. Well, I don't know. There's these trees that keep baffling people, but. But see, we need to start seeing the consciousness in everything anyway, you know. But, you know, the other end of that, too, is with an overpopulated planet, is it really the greatest idea for us to live three or four hundred years? Yeah, well, I would think people, right, it's, it's probably not if we're going to keep popping out babies. I mean, that's me putting it bluntly, but as long as we're going to keep popping up babies that are going to keep straining our resources, then... We have to have shorter lifespans simply because the planet can't sustain that large of a population. But see, people that are in alignment just feel when it's the right time to do what it's the right time to do. And just like people that, you know, well, we weren't ready yet, got pregnant anyway. (laughs) (laughs) There's other people that do that same thing all the time. And don't get pregnant. And they decide something's wrong. And the modern science, being the accommodating group that they are, they have discovered reasons. They don't, in the back rooms, often believe them, but they've discovered reasons. It's like that thing, your DNA starts misreplicating itself because your telomeres get shorter. Every time there's a replication, the telomere loses just a little bit. Okay. Is that a symptom or a cause? Well, I don't know. Would be their answer. So since they don't know, it must be the thing they're looking for because they just want to go home and take a nap like the rest of us. (laughs) I mean, really, after a while, a a non-scientist asking a scientist why... They just want them to shut up. They'll tell them anything. You know, your your neurologist will tell you you'd be better in three years, max. And then when three years have passed, it's three more years, max. 
I know. They've done it to me on more than one occasion. Well, at least they tell you you'll be better. Used to, if they didn't understand, it was a virus. But now we have good enough microscopes we can see viruses. So now they have to tell you something else. Well, before it was a virus, you were possessed. So there it is. Yeah, I, I guess mean, the virus is, is better than possession. That our, our, our understanding alters and shifts and changes. And so we go back to the beginning of the show where, you know, you ditch the anger for these companies that have essentially provided us with the advancements that they've provided us with and gotten us this far and and just go back to that place of understanding that it's all part of the process and it's all part of the growth and it's all part of the expansion and yeah that had to happen and stop assuming that they're not gonna that they're not gonna change because everything changes the only constant in this particular plan of existence is change that's it. That's really the only thing that you can really hold on to is that you can't hold on to stuff. You can rely on the fact that shit is going to change. You can be positive, absolutely positive about that. If you know nothing else in your life to be a certain surety, know that things will and, always um, change in your own life, within your body, within your family dynamics, within your home environment, within your work environment, within, you know, the towns that we live in, our societies, they will continue to change. And I've always thought that was great news because that means no matter how bad it is, it can't stay that way. Absolutely. Everybody go, yeah, it could get worse. Oh, please, people. It can only go so far. How ridiculous does it have to get before you just don't believe it anymore? And when you don't, it can't go there. So it goes around, goes around cycles around the other way. But um, for anybody that may have come in during the show, um, you can you can slide by the change makers page. Most of the headlines that we discussed came from there. Um, and uh, but but really particularly this one about BP funding a new biofuel process that turns old swords into plowshares. Uh, Turns out, you know, so we, we have to make this biofuel out of corn because it's too hard to make it out of stuff like sawdust and grass, and it's, it's really hard to convert that stuff. Well, turns out legally, so <laughs> right. Turns out that this bacterial process that this fella came up with to make cordite, which used to be in all the artillery shells and all the, it blows up pretty good cordite. Um, those same little bacteria will be more than happy to make biodiesel out of grass all day long. Sawdust, cellulosic waste, whatever, pretty much. And um, so, you know, there we go again, cursing the fellow for inventing cordite. If he didn't, maybe we wouldn't be able to solve our, you know, what if it's the solution to the oil problem? They didn't know. But but there's and, a bunch of them on there. He's not willing to not willing to take that on. I mean, if this is this is a sustainable energy that's probably going to cost them a hell of a lot less to produce, a hell of a lot less. I, those oil rigs are not cheap to run, and they get more expensive the weirder places we have to go to find the oil. And it's it's becoming more and more difficult to 
to maintain that type of business. I, I mean, stupid people do not get to the head of companies like that. And so, yeah, well, regardless of whether or not they do it for what you consider to be the right reasons, the reality is they are going to do it because they don't have any other choice. And that's, in my mind, again, something to celebrate and be grateful for. Absolutely. And and there's more of them on there. Uh, new process for making hydrogen. Turns out you can just put some rust in a solar panel on your roof and it'll make hydrogen for you all day long when the sun's shining. Duke Energy, one of the biggest electric companies in the in, in, in the uh, U.S. and is the company that bought the company my father was uh, chairman of. Never could find anybody that could replace him. They finally had to sell a company. Um, but Duke Energy, they're giving $2 million to the uh, Palmetto Clean Energy uh, program, uh, which, you know, is whose declared purpose is to put, you know, these electric and oil companies out of business. Um, and, of course, our little African teenage girls that are making electricity out of urine. So, you know. If that doesn't piss off the old man, I don't know what will. <laughs> oh. oh, man, that was, I guess. What a great one-liner to end the show on. <laughs> on that note, what do we got coming up next week? What do we got <laughs> coming up next week? Yeah, please, could we change the subject? Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> we have uh, Renee Avard that's going to join us on Tuesday. She's going to talk about Star Steps coaching and uh, then David Cole is going to be with us on Thursday which for folks in America is yes Thanksgiving Thursday it's not that all over the world it's just here it's Thanksgiving sometimes in Canada but it's not in November what is it in October yeah. you have Thanksgiving? It was October yeah yeah y'all and um, well I figure I'm just going to start coming up there in October and having turkey and then I'll come down here and have it again in November uh, oh no, we don't yeah, in my house, you won't get no turkey here. Yeah, we don't, we don't get it here either. Uh, well, there's me, but, but uh, I'm And then, and then next week, the week after that, we have Inez Martin's coming back on Tuesday after a little hiatus and vacation time. And uh, then on Thursday, we have Dr. Scott Werner coming to talk to us about uh, parasite cleanses. That saved him from a sure death from cancer. And he's a doctor. Wow. He's an MD doctor. So when he got cancer, he was an MD doctor. He was supposed to know them things. It turns out it was a parasite cleanse that saved his life because all his doctor friends and his doctor professors turned his, you're going to die. And he said, no. <laughs> not this time. I know it's in your book, but dadgummit, I'm not going now, speaking of um, holidays that Inez just took, I think now would be a good time. We should probably start mentioning it. Um, Rick and I are taking Christmas off. Yes, yes. Um, just so happens that we the discuss- show falls not only on Thanksgiving in America, but on Christmas all over the place. 25th would would have been a show, so we're not going to have a show on the 25th, the 27th, or on New Year's Day. We're just, we haven't, we've been, it'll almost two years without... Yep. One of us being here for every single show, and right. 
and you've only missed two outside of when you physically didn't have internet and would have loved to have been here but couldn't. So, um, you know. <sighs> yeah, it'll be um peaceful Christmas. Yeah. Um, but we will be doing and the New Age Eve show because that's so much more December the 20th. than Christmas. Yes, we're going to have so Stacey and the props here. So we will be here on December here. the 20th. We hope and, all our fans um, can join us. That Thursday, because Friday is the solstice, the 21st. We'll probably we'll probably ex- expand the show. We'll probably push it right to the limit. Please call in with your questions. I'm sure, given the date, there will be lots of them. And uh, bring your wine with you. Yeah, and wine, we'll have a toast. eggnog, champagne, whatever seems appropriate. Yes, we will have a toast to the beginning of the new calendar. Yes, Even, no matter what you think. If you think it's the end of the Mayan calendar and that the whole world's going to be gone by in the morning, then you probably ought to have a drink. So, <laughs> okay, that was bad. <clears throat> See, that's why these shows only last about ninety minutes. My jokes start to go stale after that. <sighs> Preview. Say good night, Rick. Good night, Rick. Oh. Um, so, hope everybody joins us when Renee Avar joins us on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Until then. Stay connected. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Everyday Connection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.